Poppy, will you dance with me? Joe's daughter Madeline was merely five years old that Christmas Eve when she asked her father that question. And Joe teased his daughter. He said, did I say that I would dance? Yes, Poppy, yes. Then Joe picked up his daughter and carried her into the family room where they danced. Tears came to the eyes of this young father as he remembered spending evenings dancing with his wife in that very same room. Tragically, his wife had died while giving birth to Madeline. Life had been hard. There were times in his life for Joe when it all seemed hopeless. But then Madeline would smile at him. And those smiles restored Joe's hope. Years was by as they do for parents. It was another Christmas Eve now, and Madeline was now 17 years old. She was a woman. Joe thought his daughter dressed like a, a tramp, but he still loved her. Her attitude is what really tested his face. She was so defiant. She was so filled with anger. Joe could barely remember that little girl of five because she was so, so different now. Joe also knew that the scraggly-haired guy with his teenage daughter was trouble with a capital T. And Joe's anger burned against this guy, Trouble. Trouble was destroying his relationship with his daughter. Trouble had turned Madeline against her own father. And Madeline, she didn't see it. She liked Trouble's bad boy image. She liked the dreams that he shared. But there was only one problem with those dreams. Trouble had absolutely no plan to fulfill them. Empty dreams, empty hope. Madeline and Joe lived in the same house. They sat across from each other at the dinner table, but they were from different worlds. And soon it was another Christmas Eve, and Joe thought he would ask, even though he knew the answer. He took a deep breath, and he whispered, Dance with Poppy tonight? Madeline's look said it all. She left the room in a huff. And a few months later, she left with the trouble kid for good. Madeline and trouble moved to Houston. They lived with his cousin, and neither one of them could get a job. And so stress and frustration and anger mounted. And one day, the cousin asked them to leave. And then trouble decided he was going to leave Madeline as well. She was left with no guy, no job, no place to stay, no money, and no hope for the future. Madeline spent her first night out on the street. Then she moved to a shelter, but within a few weeks she got herself kicked out of that shelter. But then one day she saw an ad for dancers, and it caught her eye. Madeline could dance. And it didn't matter where she danced or for whom she danced. This dancing job was an opportunity. But it wasn't a job that a girl would tell her father about. It was a dirty bar with a lot of young girls just like her dancing for a bunch of dirty old men. It did put some money in her pocket. She got a little place to live. Her apartment was a dump, but you know what? That was okay. Madeline was lost. 
the hopes of a five-year-old girl had vanished. Joe, her dad, had lost his hope as well. He had lost his wife so many years ago. And now he had also lost his daughter. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the true story of Christmas. It provides a message of hope. But of course, God, we can still struggle. Life has a way of wearing us down. Some people just suck the hope right out of us. Circumstances have the ability to drain our dreams for the future. We ask you to be with us this holy night. Help us to experience the hope that comes only from you. May you instill a strong faith in our hearts to face whatever is happening in our life. And we thank you for Jesus. We come to the manger tonight on our knees. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is Christmas Eve. And Christmas is when love, when Jesus came down from heaven. And because of Jesus' love coming down, the world received hope. Hope from the past. Hope for today and, and hope for the future. And, and I think you would agree with me, hope is so, it's so badly needed these days. We face an ongoing pandemic. It's been deadly and so hard, and now they're telling us that we need to fear yet another variant of the virus. We, we don't know what or who to believe. And we wonder, we wonder, will it ever end? And it's easy for some to lose hope because the future seems devoid of it. Other of us may be facing financial strains. It could be also maybe the holidays bring back the, the hurt of loved ones who are no longer with us. Maybe Christmas serves as a reminder of relationships that have been destroyed and don't seem like they could ever be repaired. Depression is more prevalent during the Christmas season. There's loneliness, there's disappointment that another year went by and nothing changed in my life. Our teens, our teens struggle with mental issues caused by isol isolation. They, they worry about their future. Many of them try so hard to fit in, but it, it just never seems to work. And I'd say most of us have been there at one time or another. For whatever the reason, we've experienced days that seem completely void of hope. Our tank's on empty. We've looked at the future, and there doesn't seem to be anything in the future, any place in the future where we can get a refill. I'm telling you tonight, Christmas. Christmas is our hope refill. No matter tonight if you're in this room and you are on the top of the world or maybe you're on the slimy, in the slimy pit of a stagnant pond, hope is available because of Christmas. And so this Christmas Eve, we're going to look at three facts about hope, true hope that comes only from God. And the first fact is this, is that hope originates in the past. In our reading from Luke 2 a few minutes ago, Luke wrote something that really is kind of easy to miss. Luke placed Jesus' birth in a specific time and a specific place in history. Verses 1 through 3 state, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of all the Roman world. 
This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. You see, Luke made it very clear when Jesus was born. And he also told us that Jesus' birth happened in a town called Bethlehem. He was born to real people, Mary and Joseph, and those facts can be validated. He came down from heaven that night, a night so long ago in the past. You know, one of the things I, I, I like to do is I tell people to, to help strengthen their faith is to look back at their life. But was also, I've also learned that not only when we look back at our life does it help our faith grow, that faith and hope go hand in hand. You know, you might have gone through a lot in your life. Some of you had abusive childhoods. And to me, that's the most horrible thing in the world. When a parent or an immediate family member causes harm to a child, I'm sorry, but it's pure evil. Others of you may have an abusive boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse. Their sole purpose in life seems to be to tear you down. They've taken away your confidence. Some have made mistakes growing up that changed the course of their life. Teens, this one's for you. Maybe you just made a big mistake. And you're either already, you've already been caught or you're afraid that you're going to be caught really soon. You're afraid of the consequences. And maybe as you look back, it, it's clear that life has dealt you some pretty low blows. It hasn't been fair. And when you were going through those things, and maybe even tonight, you're not sure that you're going to be able to make it through another single day. Life can be so tough. Life can seem to be so unfair. But you know what? You're here tonight. God got you to this worship service here on Christmas Eve. You may have had the crud beat out of you on the way. You've got scars. You've got wounds that maybe you're still bleeding. But you're here. You're here. Paul wrote some hope-filled words to the church at Ephesus. And his words apply to us as well. He said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. If you're a Christian, you're a saint, and you've got a glorious inheritance in Christ. And if God got you this far, and you're here, so it's clear that he did, he's not going to leave you. He's going to stay with you. And that is reason for hope. And that hope comes from your past, whether it is a joy-filled past or even a, a terrible past. True hope came down in a tiny Middle Eastern town over 2,000 years ago. Hope was born in the manger. God is with us. But hope also lives in the present. Way back when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant months before Jesus' birth, Joseph's world had to be rocked. He never slept with her. They were betrothed to be married, and he trusted her. And, and Joseph might have wondered, well, who did she sleep with? Why did she do it? Wasn't I worth the wait? And, and even though 
Joseph had to feel terribly betrayed. He was going to take the honorable road and divorce Mary quietly. Because you see, back in those days, a betrothal was more than an engagement. To break a betrothal actually required a divorce. And a divorce was also so much kinder than another possible option that Joseph had. Joseph could have had Mary stoned to death for his, her transgression. But God intervened. God sent an angel with a, a powerful message. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then Matthew added, he said, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which the kids just learned means God with us. You see, God provided hope at that moment when Joseph most needed it. And Joseph took Mary as his wife. And God will provide you, he will provide me hope when we need it as well. Before Jesus ascended to heaven after his resurrection, he told his followers, he said, I am with you always. Paul wrote to the church at Rome, he said, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. Romans 4, or Psalms 46.10 declares, Be still and know that I am God. And then it goes on to speak of God's control over creation and his control over people. The psalmist reminds us that God will be exalted. He won't be defeated. And those words provide hope for today. Henry Longfellow wrote some words of hope in his carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I want to share the words from verse 3 of that carol. It says, it says, The bells declared, God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. God is in control. God is working in your life. God is working for your good. He wants you to rest in him. Jesus is with us here today here tonight. And knowing God is with us brings us hope for this day. But the thing is, we also have hope for the future. Some of you who know me know that over the last decade I've had a couple of bouts of mild depression. And I know many of you have faced far greater battles with depression. And some of you might be in the pit of depression right now. And I can tell you, I, don't, I can't imagine what you're going through. You see, depression isn't picky. It attacks the young and old alike. It attacks people from all different backgrounds. Depression doesn't care if you're rich or poor. It attacks. And one of the symptoms of depression is a lack of hope. It's a lack of hope for day, today and yet for the future. People that are struggling with depression can't see any hope for tomorrow or beyond. Now, I don't want to make this sound too easy because being freed from depression is not easy at all. You might have a very strong faith in Jesus Christ and you still battle with depression. You see, depression is not a sign of weakness or a sign of a lack of faith. 
recovering from depression takes time. It might take medicine. It might be a sharp battle. You might be in a lifelong battle. But keep fighting. And remember that Jesus is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not disappointed in you. He loves you. He'll always love you. God was with Mary on that first Christmas night. After the the shepherds left the manger, Luke tells us that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She likely pondered the things the shepherd had told her. But then as years went on, she probably pondered other things that people had said about Jesus all the way to the cross. Maybe she worried what would happen. Maybe when bad things then did happen, those words that people had spoken to her gave her hope. Paul wrote in, eight, in Romans 8, 24 and 25, he said, Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. In a few verses later we read, some words I've shared many times. It's, Paul writes this, he says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And this, these words are so powerful, we need to remember them. He said, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 19 states, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. You see, heaven is our ultimate hope. It's the promise to all who trust in Christ. But hope for the future comes from knowing that nothing will separate us from the love of Jesus. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, do we? But we do know that God will be there. Rest in that hope. You know, like our lives, Madeline's life still had hope. One day that cousin of the old boyfriend, the the trouble guy, he found Madeline. And that cousin came with a, a box full of letters to Madeline from her dad. Trouble must have told Madeline's dad where she lived and Madeline couldn't bear to open up those letters herself because she felt so dirty. She felt so unworthy of her father's love. It was a week before another Christmas when a, a letter arrived at her apartment. There was no postmark. There was no return address. The landlord said a a big man dropped it by and asked him to give it to her. The letter said this. I know where you are. I know what you do. It doesn't doesn't change a thing. I, I still ask you the same question I have asked you in every single letter. In a minute the floor was covered with open letters they were all from madeline's dad and soon tears streaked down madeline's face and she fell to the floor just sobbing 
Each letter had one line, one question. Christmas Eve came again. Joe spent it at his mom's house. You know, Christmas hadn't been a joyous time for years. It wasn't a time for hope. Madeline's departure stole Joe's joy. It stole his hope. The doorbell rang. Joe didn't want to bother to answer. He let his mom answer the door. He could hear a few words being exchanged. And then Joe's mom came into the room. She looked at her son and she smiled and she softly said, Joe, there's someone here to see you. A woman entered the room with a backpack over her shoulder and a letter in her hand. And she said, if the offer is still good, the answer is yes. Joe swallowed, tears welled up. He could hardly speak, but he managed to blurt out. He said, oh my, the invitation is still good. The letter fell to the floor as that father and daughter embraced. And that letter had one line, one question. Will you come home and dance with your poppy again? Jesus has been writing letters to you your whole life. Some of you never opened them. Maybe you felt unworthy. You never responded. And all those letters have the same line, the same one question. Will you come home to me? Come home to Jesus. Let him love you. Let him give you a life filled with hope. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son into the world. That he came from the glory of heaven to be born in a pitiful, dirty, smelly manger. And that he lived among us. He lived among us in a time when life was hard. He faced criticism. He faced attacks and then he went to the cross for you and I. And he did it because you love us. He did it because he loves us. And tonight we remember his birth. And we're so thankful. But Father, tonight I also just pray for those who are hurting, for those who are lonely, for those who don't seem to have any hope for today, much less the future. I ask you to comfort them, to give them your peace, to bring people in their lives, to show them that they are valued and loved by you and that they have hope and it comes from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.